Welcome to the show, folks. This is Wrestling Changed My Life. Here we go. Like wrestling is like a chess match, right? And so you got to make people comfortable at times and you got to make them uncomfortable at times. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Kyvin Gatson is our guest today, national champion for Iowa State, where he pinned Kyle Snyder in the finals. It's an incredible match. He's been on God knows how many U.S. national teams, He's currently number two on the ladder, I believe, for the 2021 Olympics. So he's one of the elite competitors in the United States. He also runs a nonprofit called Be Rare. You can learn more about that on KyvinGatson.com. Just an awesome guy, and I really enjoyed this conversation. Fan of the week goes to Timothy Hess. Tim Hess, listening from Facebook. I really appreciate you tuning in, man. And if you want to support the show, folks, please go to our online store store.wrestlingchangemylife.com. We just launched a new t-shirt that says Saturdays are for the duels, which is only fitting since the college season's about to start up here. And that's it, folks. Let's get to the interview with Kyvin Gatson. Kyvin Gatson, rocking the stalemate shirt with the personal warm-up. How we doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Um, yeah, I heard I heard you had stalemates on um earlier. So I just wanted I, I wanted to support my fellow I when um, Zach is good people, so just um, try to support where I can. Amen, man. Now, we're not releasing this one until, what, what's your number again? 197. 197. So we yeah. got some time. Let me see what, what episode we're on right now. We can always pull it forward, but if we want to stay true to form, we got about 15, 15 to go. So we'll uh, we'll see what we decide, but um, I'd love to release this one as episode 197, man. That'd be okay, cool. perfect. Perfect. So, uh, Kyvin Gatson, you're on Ames, Iowa today? Yeah, yeah, cool. Ames, Iowa. National champ, three-time All-American, a staple on the senior circuit, man. I wanted to start with your uh, your beginning. Why did you move from Iowa City to Waterloo at the uh, ripe uh, age of 12, I believe it was? Yeah, so we moved because my dad got a head coaching job at Waterloo East. So he was a Division One head coach at Eastern Michigan, um, and he won the only MAC championship um that they that they ever had um before the program was um dropped um and so he um was an athletic director at wilton uh and he was an assistant coach at iowa city city high um with like brad smith back when 
um, City High was winning, you know, state titles uh, consistently with like Johnny Galloway, Justin Jordan, Campbell brothers, um, the Smith brothers, everything like that. So um, I was around that a lot growing up. Corey, Corey Connell, the head coach at City High now, was a state champion um, during that time, during that run. And uh, we moved to Waterloo in 2004 uh, when my dad took the head coaching job at Waterloo East. Gotcha. And for folks who don't know, Mr. Willie Gatson, uh, two-time All-American, one of the best minds in wrestling. Uh, you grew up in that household. Now, were you always kind of accepting of the of the challenge to wrestle, or did you resist at the beginning and, and kind of push back? No, I was I was always um, I was always I guess the rowdy, rambunctious one. So I I enjoyed wrestling from the get go. It wasn't my favorite sport though. Um, football was my favorite sport when I was a kid, and then uh, getting into like high school when like at 125 pounds, it was just like yo, like what are you gonna go to, you know, what are you gonna go to school for, you know, like what how are you gonna get a scholarship at, you know, 100 and you know 60 pounds that's what I was thinking I was going to max out at, you know? Yeah. And so um, I put, I invested my energy into wrestling. And you, uh, you had a turning point match. Sounds like your sophomore year in high school in the finals, you wrestled St. John. And yeah. I, I honestly have never seen the match or even know the score. How did, was it close or was it a blowout? It was a blowout. I got, okay. I got, I got straight up obliterated. He was just a better wrestler. There wasn't any really um, much else to do. I was hard headed. He was a better wrestler. Um, and I think that summer he might took third at Fargo and then the next summer he won. Um, and I just came out there and I tried to shoot a bunch of high crotches and he slipped the corner uh, uh, a bunch of times. And so I think, I think it was like 13 points maybe, but he did get hit for stalling in the third period. But um, I like, I, I just shot, I shot, I essentially shot myself out of the match, you know, like just like, kept shooting and um but yeah, ahead of time, not. your dad had told you not to do that, right? Well, he told me not to shoot the high cross because, you know, Derek was um, obviously very well versed in that situation, as you guys saw, like when he was in college as well. Yeah. And um, I kind of just disregarded it because that was one of my best attacks. It was, it was a high crotch um, and then a, a, a sweep single at that time. And by the time I realized that the high crotch wasn't going to work, um, I was I was down by a good amount. And the sweep wasn't working at that point really either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've all, we've all had those moments, right? Um, you know, not many are lucky to have it in the state finals. That's pretty rare air to be a state finalist as a sophomore. And so you, you were well on your way at that point, but what changed for you after that match? Just my ability um, to listen, just to be coachable, you know, um, to have that, like that humility and say, Hey dad, like, if you tell me to do something, I'll do it. You know, like uh, I'm no longer trying to really like be hard headed and um, not receive, you know, the adjustments and the critiques and things like that. And so from that point on, it was just very rapid in terms of like the growth, because now, like, if you're telling me to do something, I'm going to do it right. Instead of like fighting it or deciding that I wanted to do it my way. It was just like, yo, I'll do it. I'll do it your way. You, you seem like you have some sense. So, um, from that point on, like I, I won the next, so state ends in February and April, they had that like postseason nationals out at the uni dome. So yep. that's when I won my first like national title. Um, and so I really started to get into like a groove then. And then you won it your junior year. What year were you battling with Knight from Urbandale? 
That was that was senior year. That was senior year. So we wrestled in the um, quarterfinals, and I pinned them with one second left in the first period. And, like, that was, like, I had pinned everybody up to that point. And he was a, so, he, he's a D1 caliber guy at the time. So he went to Cornell. He was yeah. a two-time state champ or a defending? Yeah. Yep, he was defending. Yeah. And then he was he was in the finals as a freshman as well. I mean, and the Knight family is well-known throughout Iowa, you know, as is your family, really. So it was like generations of wrestlers going at it at that time, um, yeah. you know, because Dan Knight was one of the first four-time, you know, maybe not the first, but four-time champ and, and Steve's his brother. And so you guys, so what the controversy was around how much time was left in that, in that period? No. So then I almost got upset the next match. See, I thought that was that match. No, no, no. So I pinned them with, with it was the second left. He was okay. on his back for maybe like third, 25, 30 seconds, you know, Got it. just about like cinching it up. Um, Cause he tried like a, he tried to, he tried it inside trip and I like dumped him. Yeah. Like um, near far arm, near side carry, like dump. It was kind of sloppy if I, if I remember it correctly. I think the match is on YouTube. But I just no, watched it next, this morning. Yeah. Yeah. The next match, um, there's a kid from, from Indianola. And um, I almost got upset. Like, there, he was in on the leg with f- five to ten seconds left. And I'm watching the clock with, like, a, a shin ankle wizard. And he windmills out of it. Windmills out of it and, like, drives me to my hip. And one ref called two and the other ref said no to. Um, and so there was, like, a big controversy about that. And then there was um, – some racial undertones from the crowd, the Indianola crowd, and yeah. got called um, some stuff. And so there's a lot of um, emotion and just like everything in that in that match. Because I mean, the, the dude the dude wrestled well. I mean, he wrestled a smart match um, in terms of just uh, strategic strategically, you know, being being aware of what not to get into, you know, and if I did get to the legs, which I got to the leg a good amount, but every time we got to the leg, we were out of bounds, you know? And so um, it was... But you were wrecking people at match. that point. Like, you were yeah. pinning people like crazy, you know? I was, tw- was 28-0 with all pins. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so like, I hadn't been in that, that spot. And then you get in that spot, and I don't, I don't know if my my mind started to wonder, you know, cause even when I was in that spot, like I'd been in third period maybe twice that year, but I'd been up by like 10 points, you know? Um, and so it wasn't, I'd never, I hadn't been pressed. I had been pressed in the wrestling room. Right. Um, because the Keen Carter and, um, my workout partner that, um, I had a good situation, but as far as in competition being pressed, I hadn't been, um, because we didn't, it's not like we had like a national schedule or anything like that. So it was, um, it was interesting. What was it? Were you losing at any point in the third period? Yeah, he took me down. So I was winning and he took me down with 30 seconds left. I got away to, to, to tie it up. So it's like 4 4. And then I try to score. He reattacks me, gets to that Shin Wizard. Um, I get to that Shin Wizard, and I'm, like, defending, defending, watching the clock more so than defending, and that's when that situation hits. And so then the run ref comes in is like, two. The other ref comes in is like, no, two, time was out. 
and like and this all happens like really quick but like it was like oh my gosh I just lost like and I had like took off my headgear like popped out my mouthpiece like wow like I just lost you know and then it was like I got new life you know like I got new life and so then in overtime I took him out in like 10 seconds but it was just like don't put yourself in that position you know like and like I I think I was underestimating him I'm um, just because I was like yeah like I'm 28 no with 28 pins I just been the defending state champ like nobody in the state can can wrestle with me you know and then if you watch what happened in the finals um I won by major and kind of took my foot off the gas uh in that in that finals match too. So I just was, I think I got lackluster in terms of focus and that, that, that almost cost me a second state championship. Now, after a match like that, was your father one who would get on you or would he build you back up after a match like that, where you obviously lost your, lost your focus and almost let it slip away? Um, I don't remember him like really, really getting on me after that. I think there was, so like I said, there was some stuff said from the crowd and right. some, a person got like thrown out and stuff. And like, I was chirping back and forth with the crowd. Um, and he like, kind of like snatched me up for that and like, um, walked me to the back. Um, and so with that, he, Not he so talked much to me there, about, though. yeah, he didn't, he didn't talk about the wrestling cause he, I think he knew what it was. It was just a focusing. Um, yeah. and I think I, I think he realized that I was aware that it was a focusing. And so it was just like, now just get ready. Like, well, you survived it. Right. It wasn't like anything beautiful, but now just go, go get your second state title. And, um, I wrestled pretty, pretty good in the, in the finals. So Indeed. I think he was. When appeased. you're talking about a big state tournament, like Iowa state tournament, I might even have been at the tournament that year. Was that the year where, how are you and Meeks the same age? No, no, no. Meeks like two years younger. Younger. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So mm -hmm. I might, might've been the following year, but, um, dude, a big semifinal match like that when the refs are kind of like conferring and they don't know if it's two or not. I mean, that's, that's high yeah. intensity, you know, and you thought yeah. you were down with the match. I didn't realize it was that close. Yeah, it was, it was, it was heavy. It was heavy energy. It was heavy energy. And, um, the kid, the kid still like a, a friend that was on the, um, Iowa state swim team told me that there was a kid at the, at the bar is a name saying that he should have beat me <laughs> back, oh my God. back in college. And I'm just like, man, like, like that's a tough, that's a tough situation to be in. I'm like, yeah. I was like, Hey, well, I mean, he was close, but like, I have the bracket. So um, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell him. Like, does he want to rematch? You know, like, um, cause that, I don't think that would go over too well for him right now either. So <laughs> the heck no, dude, Mike, guys like that who can't get over it. You feel bad for someone like that, you know? Yeah. And I, you, you mentioned that, you know, there were some some racial things that were said that were obviously not not respectful. And um, that kind of goes hand in hand with with some of the things you're doing with the Black Wrestling Association. So why was that um, founded and what's your role with that? Um, so it was founded just to like like we said in our mission statement to um, um, inspire, connect and empower um, the generations of, of wrestlers, you know, because if you look at like the history of wrestling and just like black wrestlers in the tradition, like we, there wasn't an Olympic, um, a black Olympic Olympic champ until 98, 1988 with, um, Kenny. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you just, you want, sometimes it makes it easier, right? Like my, my biggest, um, person that I love to watch growing up was kale. Right. Um, and like, 
and I, I, it wasn't that I didn't see color, but it was like I was in I, I mean, I lived in Iowa. I loved Iowa State because of my dad's um, allegiances, and so Kale was the guy, you know, um, and he was he was the best, and so it was just fun to watch him. But sometimes, if you're coming from maybe a different place, you're looking for someone that looks like you to make it just a little bit more realistic, you know, mm-hmm. just a little bit more like oh, like there are people like that look like me or have my skin color that do this and they do it, they do it well. Um, because there was like some, just some, I remember as a kid having a conversation with my dad when we walked into like small town, Iowa and it, we just like looked around or I looked around and I'm like, whoa, dad, where are the, you know, like the black kids, right? Like where, where are the black kids? He just basically told me, Hey, there's not a bunch of black people that do this sport yet. And if you're going to do it, just make sure you do it, you know, like at a high level and, and you do it to the best of your ability. And so um, since I was young, I kind of had a maybe like an understanding that. That I wanted to help, you know, grow the sport or um, show, you know, other kids that it's possible. Right. Um, and then now you have organizations like Beat the Streets and stuff that go into inner city, um, go into the inner cities. You got programs like the Harvey Twisters. Um that are in those those um, pockets and and give these kids the opportunities to try something else other than basketball, football, or track. And um, I just think the BWA is um, a step in the in the right direction. You know, we want to obviously increase repre- representation, equality, and opportunities for um, black male and female wrestlers. And um, I just think it's a a way to 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 grow the sport. You know, there's there's plenty of ways to do it. And I think this is just our way to to try and help with that growth. It's exciting to see. And obviously, there's a lot of sophistication and organization to it. I was at the website today and man, the board members and the people involved are the who's who. So it's exciting to see that. And I got to say, the singlets are ridiculously good looking. The ones that yeah. Jackson's been the one, rocking the one, are awesome. Yeah, Nate, 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 Nate. So Nate pulled that off all by himself. Um but the, the person behind the logo was JB. So JB really? was, was the heavy hitter behind the logo. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but he was, he was the heavy hitter behind the logo. And I thought, I mean, everybody thought he did a really, really amazing job with that. And so that was, um, the logo was really um, important for us. Uh, and so that was, that was exciting. But yeah, like when you, when you look at it, you have like, you have the legacy guys, you got the Kennys, right? Like you got the Kennys, you have the Carl Adams, you got the Carrie McCoys, um, the people yep. that have come before us and kind of set that stage and that place for us that, hey, this is all possible if you, you know, if you invest in yourself, you got the newer generations in terms of JB and the guys that have made teams like um, Jaden um, and have represented, uh, the country and um, really, really well on that level in terms of everything, right. You know, like character, all those things. So yep, it's, um, it's really exciting. Uh, and, and like, if I had a message for someone that wasn't black is like, we need allies, you know, like we need people that it's not, it's as much as it is a black thing, it's not a black thing. And we need everyone to just support the growth of wrestling um, through every avenue that they feel um, can can help help the sport grow because there's kids out there that aren't going to be, you know, um, 6'2 or whatever, and they need 
need a creative outlet and they need something that they can invest in and where people will invest in them and stuff. So that's, that's basically how BWA came about. It's, I mean, you're obviously, you're that example now for people. Um, and so being a part of that, I mean, just think it's an awesome thing. And that came about in the spring or the early summer when there's a lot of tensions in the air. And so uh, I think it's important that, that you guys are out there doing that. And you're also involved with another initiative. What, it, yeah. what was the one where you teamed up with, uh, with the mom? In the um, Erica, yeah. Tell um, me about that. So that's that's the Be Rare initiative. I, I think you can see it on my back. Yes, you can. And for the folks listening, we got a, a jumpsuit on here. Be Rare on the back. Yeah. And so um, that that was just our thing, and we started we're starting that in Ames. Um, and our, our mission statement for that is to um, create healthy social and emotional learning patterns and and kids through creative outlets. And, you know, so um, we started that because we want, we basically want kids to be healthier um, in terms of emotional intelligence, EQ. And um, if a kid finds something that they love or they have something that they care about, but there's just some barriers, you know, some blockage in terms of whether it's finances, support, um, sifting through emotions, right? Like, um, and understanding themselves, like if they find something that they care about, that they're, that they love, that they're passionate about, it's going to give them something to the, to invest in. It's going to give them something that's like theirs, you know, that's what makes them rare, right? Like wrestling isn't for every kid. So when Eric and I were talking about starting a wrestling club, we, she basically was like, I think we can do something bigger, right? Like, because wrestling isn't for everybody, right? just like football isn't for everybody or basketball or Mm -hmm. um, violin or, you know, coding, everything isn't for everybody. So helping a kid find what makes them special, right? Every kid has a race they can win, you know, whether it's, you know, the 10 mile or it's the one mile or it's the hundred meter or the 60, right? Every kid has something that is going to make them special. And if you help the kid find that um, or yeah, you just give them the tools to find that then they'll be in a healthier place because then it gives them the skills to, um, to learn, you know, successful habits, routines, um, to learn about themselves um, and navigate their way through life. And it can be their vehicle to go to college, get scholarships, you know, impact their community, um, make a change, give them that confidence, right? So it's all about that kid and what makes them rare, what makes them um, special. And so, I think I was going to say also, anytime you find someone in life that has a passion for something, they're in a good spot. You know, you just want more people to find that because obviously you found it through wrestling and people who don't have that, you feel bad for them. And it's more often than you think that people don't have a passion in life. They're just kind of going through it. Yeah. And so like, like, yeah. And it's, and I don't know if it's fear or just not getting exposed to things. And so we just want, we want to, um, help navigate that and, and give people that support and be that um, advocate for people in, in the community that might not have access to those things. And so who are you doing it with? Um, Erica Andorf. Um, so she's, she's like from the Waterloo area and um, her son is on the Iowa state wrestling team, um, Marcus Coleman. And so um, she has a, a heavy 
obviously wrestling background. Um, and so uh, it just kind of just kind of clicked. I think it's awesome. And it's called Be Rare. Yep. The Be Rare Initiative. Be Rare. And so you can you can follow us um, on Facebook. Um, Instagram is just Be Rare Initiative. Uh, Twitter is Be Rare underscore. And then um, Facebook is just the Be Rare Initiative. Well, it's cool you're working with kids because you've persevered through a number of, of injuries and difficulties in your career to ultimately win the, the Nationals as a senior. Did you have two shoulder injuries back-to-back to get into college? So uh, I had my senior year. I was wrestling all season with my left labrum torn. In high school? Um, yeah. Okay. My senior year of high school, my left labrum was torn. Um, and then I got surgery right after that. And then I got to college. And I like retweaked it and broke my wrist, broke my wrist in like the first tournament, the Cyclone Open. But I also, I won that tournament. I, I, I beat Josh um, Enan from Iowa, but he wrestled mm-hmm. at Nebraska. Um, he was ranked like top 10 at that point. Um, and then uh, like I tweaked it. So Coach Jackson just decided um, we weren't going to go down to 184 anymore. And we were just going to prepare to wrestle 197 the next year and just get healthy. And so then we went to U20s. And in the semifinals of U20s, um, and that was April of 2011, I'm doing a, I'm, I'm preparing for a trap arm gut in my right shoulder. My, my right shoulder tears. And mm-hmm. so that I won, I won U20s but then didn't go to the trials because we got surgery because I was in college to wrestle folk style. Then first duel of my redshirt freshman year versus Oklahoma, Keldra call um, my a week, maybe before we're wrestling in practice with, I'm wrestling in practice with Jerome Ward and we're scrapping and it's sweaty, right? Just crazy sweaty in there. And I post my hand and there's a puddle and my shoulder slips out from under me. So my shoulder tore right then. And then it came out again in the match. And so that was, I, I tried to finish, I, I finished the match, but that was the, that was the last time the shoulder tore. And that was the last major injury until this like most recent one um, <laughs> in that flow wrestling match with, with Colin Moore um, where I tore my growing. So, but the, I mean, that's a pretty good t- stretch of time in between because that's like, well, like seven years in between the two. But going back, you had two right away. I mean, and so you're a young guy in college, sky's the yeah. limit, and you have these two injuries. The one against Oklahoma, that had to be, I don't know if it was rock bottom, but that had to be a low point for you, man. Were you, were you questioning bottom. even going on at that point? Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm like I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like, my body – my body won't hold up, you know? Um, and like, I, I believed I was capable of being one of the best guys in the nation. Right. And it was just like, my body isn't allowing me to do it. And then we got a new strength and conditioning coach during that time. Um, Josh, Josh Beauregard, coach Bo and coach Bo um, made some adjustments to my like strength and conditioning plan and um, tweaked like what we would do for Mm -hmm. basically just me, like tailor the program for just me. And I think that was um, a big, 
big um, step because, you know, sometimes coaches are like, well, everyone needs to do the same thing, right? And I think the higher you get, and even at the lower, the lower you get, like everybody can't do what everyone else does. Everybody's on their own like schedule, right? right. And so people need their own tailored programs, you know? And so um, it'd be great to start seeing seeing that more because it just benefits the, the student athlete, right? Like if you have a, a tailored program, okay? Like, the, yeah, there's bare minimum that needs to be done, but there's other stuff that has to be done to make sure that athlete can be at, at peak performance. Especially at that level, right? I mean, yeah. Did you mention a blast from the past there, Jerome Ward? I'm from Illinois. He was a Illinois state champ, if not multiple times state champ. Tell me yeah. about your scrapping with Jerome Ward back in the day. What do you remember about those goes? Um, me and Jerome used to get after it. We used to get after it because Jerome was super long, mm. like super long, strong, um, and just just knew his way around the mat. So um, coming in, um, we 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 banged heads a lot, and I think I just got a little bit bigger than him because he moved he moved down to eighty four, but he was dealing with a bunch of injuries too, um, and so I really don't think we really got to see like a flourishing Jerome Ward. Cause that would have been fun and dangerous for a, a lot of the country because he was, he was really good. My worst or best worst practice partner was like reader. Reader was brutal. Oh um, my God. So was, was he, was he already done? Like had he won a national title when you got there? No. So he didn't all American the year before. So he was like man on a mission. Um, and I remember coming back off that first surgery or that, that surgery that, that I got after my freshman year of, or after my senior year of high school. Yeah. And my first like live go was with John reader. And it was a six 30 AM workout. And it was like a 45 minute grind match. And I didn't score a point. And it was just like, what just happened? You know what I mean? Cause I'm, I'm coming into college and I'm like, yo, like I'm good. You know, like I'm not, I'm not dude. Right. Like, and I'm coming off. Uh, like I, I probably would have, in my opinion, would have won Fargo, um, but I didn't. I didn't compete obviously because I had tore my shoulder. So the guy that I beat in the state finals took second, and freestyle was my favorite style, anyways. Um, and so like I was like, yo, like I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Like I can wrestle, you know. And I was expecting because I had been wrestling grown men, like I said, Akeem Carter, um, who was a Division three two time national champ. Um, at Wartburg for Jim Miller, yep. he was coming in and training with me in high school, right? So it's not like I hadn't felt like a grown man, you know, like I had, it's just like kind of like these kids now, right? Like they've been around the sport since, or around high level guys since ninth grade and they've been going to the RTC rooms and everything like that. So it's not like when they get to college, they haven't felt, you know, someone that's grown. Right. Um, and so like, I was like, you know, you know, I felt like that. And that you felt confident practice, going into it though. You're like, I yeah, can hang. Yeah. And that first practice with John was just like, Hey, there's, there's, there's some levels to this stuff, right? Like there's like, this is, this is, this is a whole different, this is a whole different, different game up here. And I remember calling my dad and I'm just like, yo, like, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, like I, I'm not sure what just happened, but I know I just left practice and we wrestled for 45 minutes and I didn't score. Um, and my dad just was like, he was real like calm, you know, um, he was like, okay, you know, like just basically said, just get ready for the next practice. 
right? Like, just get ready for the next practice. Like, because he always said, for most people, unless you're really, really elite coming into college, it's going to take you until about January to get maybe adjusted, right? And I was just like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not most people, whatever. Like, that was just my thought process, right? And you kind of have to have some of that thought process just in terms of confidence. Yeah. Otherwise, um, it's probably – you're going to take a back seat, right? And so I, I was coming in there expecting to be, like, ready to go right away. And then I'm like, ooh, and I'm, like, hit with it. And it's like humility, spam, right? Right back to, like, being being humbled, right? In a, in a good way, though. Yeah. Uh, and then – I wrestled with John that afternoon and it was just like a match, right? Just like just a seven minute match. And um, I remember getting one takedown in a reversal and he still beat me up. Right. But it was like, okay, like you can still wrestle right now. 45 minutes, (laughs) 45 minute (laughs) grind match is totally different than a seven minute like match. Right. Yeah. And so it was like, you just have to adjust to, Cause John, I mean, if you look at, if you look at what he did that year, cause that was 2010, 11, John terrorized everybody. Yeah. Like everybody, like he wasn't giving up. You know what I mean? Like, like he terrorized everybody 30, 31, you know, like a bunch of major decisions, a bunch of, um, uh, texts like would leg ride the everything out of you. You know, he was like, he was brutal. You know, he beat people up. Um, and so he wasn't going for any decisions. He was like ripping heads off. Yes. Like, like he was a man on a mission. And so to have someone like that and see, you know, like see their process was, um, was super beneficial. Um, because John wasn't like a super vocal leader, Mm. but if you just watched his movements, you know, if you just watched them, you would understand why he was who he was, you know, um, why he won an NCAA title, you know, like, face wrapped you know like that iconic picture with the oh i love that picture with with the blood you know um he was just he was he was he was a focused man on a mission and so um i learned a lot from john even though he didn't say a bunch just by just by watching him um i under I, i was able to understand some of what it looked like to like get to that level yeah now i mean it's it's uh, important to have those mentors and you, you had them all your life, but it's different when you get outside the nest for the first time and you're around someone who lays it on you and they don't care who you are, you know? And yeah. it's like, that, that's out there. You know, that's crazy, yeah. crazy to, to realize it for the first time. Um, and so when you were there, were the Pulsets coaching or were they training? They were doing both. Okay. Um, they didn't retire until 16, gotcha. to after the six, 16 cycle because um, Travis was the, the alternate. He lost to Herbert in the finals of trials. Um, and Trent was at 74. Okay. So they, they retired in, wait, wait, 12. They retired in 12. They, they retired in 12. My bad. Cause they, they both made the world team in 2011, right? No, because Burroughs made That's 74 right. in 2010. They did. Okay. In 2010, they did, I believe. Yeah, that what one I I always get them confused. One of them was making a really hard cut to get down. Um, Trent, Trent yeah. was. So, yeah. so when you were, let's jump forward to your senior year. So, you, you after this injury, you you get back. You're all American. Your sophomore year, your junior year. So, who is who were like some of your main coaches your senior year? Was KJ your guy? Or did you have some other ones you were close to? Um, KJ KJ was my guy. 
Um, and that's just, that's just, that's just who I like gravitated towards. Yeah. But, um, Travis had a, Travis had a good, good amount to do with me. Um, junior year, um, Troy Nickerson, who's, who's over at, um, Northern Colorado. He was, he focused on me a lot. Um, just in he terms was there. Of like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that he was there right before he left for Northern Colorado. So he left my senior year for Northern Colorado and Troy was very, um, hands-on with like my conditioning and everything like that. Um, and he was, so he was there my sophomore year as well. And it was important for him to be there because he had a pretty, sh- yeah, Troy had lost his father too. So he knew what I was going through in terms of like emotionally and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he was there to like hold me accountable because I, during that last half, yeah, last month of the season, I really was struggling in terms of emotionally of like how to deal with what I knew was like coming, you know, mm-hmm. and um, had some like emotional outbursts and stuff like that. And um, it would have been easy to like, I guess, reprimand me in a like negative way. Um, but the coaches, I felt like did a really good job of holding me accountable you know, for my mm-hmm. actions and not like letting them, like not letting them slide. Um, but also like understanding I was under like extreme, like emotional stress, like knowing like my dad's about to like, like die at any point here. Um, and so like, I, I was really appreciative of like Troy and KJ, like my sophomore, junior year. And then like senior year, um, my, my, my workout partners um, were like Deron Wynn um yep. shout out to Duran. he should he has a fight coming up or maybe he'll after this one releases it'll be coming it'll be done and he have one um travis was uh a main workout partner and then marcus marcus harrington and um leland weatherspoon okay. and so the the i had a, i had a good good um amount of people um supporting me and like you don't win anything alone you know like you can only get to a level of like the people around you. Right. And so I had, I had, I had good people around me. And so I was really appreciative of that. I mean, you had, I mean, you're at one of the the great wrestling schools of all time, but for you, it was kind of like a perfect training environment because KJ, he's a bigger guy, you know, and you got some of these guys that are, you know, even, Oh, Nickerson was 125, you know? So, um, you know, maybe that was more psychological than, than actually wrestling, but, um, yeah. And like, you can, and that's the thing, like you can see like what what um what Nickerson's doing in terms of like with like his staff and his team now, like um he he's legit, right? Yeah. And so uh that dude they got at sixty five is crazy good. Wow. Um Ali uh, Rev or uh, Ali Rez? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, and, and so like he Nickerson and um Garrett and Marino, like everybody was on staff here at Iowa State. You know, all those guys were on staff at some point here at Iowa State. Mike Moreno's um, out there? Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. So it's, I, um, it's you guys, Troy. Go ahead. Sorry. Troy, Gar- Troy is Troy. Garrett, Kylie, Mike Marino um, is is the staff out there. There might be someone else. That always jumped out to me, though, Marino, because his dad was an All-American at Iowa State as well. Or or was a wrestler there, for sure. No, he's All-American because we um, – Mike would have been the first father-son um, duo, and then I would have came like shortly, shortly thereafter because I was I'm at a heavier weight. 
So um, we, we got to do that the same year in 2013. And that was like really cool um, in terms of just like legacy, you know? And so, yeah. dude, speaking of your father, did he ever talk about the match with Chris Campbell when he lost in overtime in the semis sudden victory? He said he had just thought he had figured him out. <laughs> he, had, he said he had just thought he had figured him out. But like, like if you've watched like uh, like a Gable interview, um, who like he just got honored. Well, it would be t- today, but it's not going to be today for the the thing um, for that presidential matter of freedom. He just got or went and picked it up. Yeah. Um, you know, Gable said Campbell was his like his best guy, and so my dad said like at one seventy seven like. They were like, Chris was very, like, he was a very tactical and smart wrestler, like knew where he wanted to be. And like, that's why Chris went on to be like named the most technical wrestler of the year, I think in 81, I believe. And then you go at 36 or 37 in 1992, you go win a bronze Olympic medal in the, after like being out of the sport for eight, nine, 10 years, you know? Like that just speaks to the volume of his like his aptitude, right? For for wrestling and his awareness of it, and just like his his technical his technical like superiority, like his level. Like if they got to a leg, and this is something KJ always said, like if these dudes got to a leg, they were gonna score. Like there wasn't like if if I got to your leg, I'm scoring. Like and so if like like when he watches when like if you watch wrestling with KJ if a guy gets to the leg and they like push someone out, he's like, what is he doing? You gotta go, you gotta go, you gotta score that point because it's like that point. That's the point you're leaving on, right? Like if you don't make any like real attempt to, if you just go push someone out, like if you don't make any real attempt, that point can come back to haunt you. And so, but at that um, level, if you get to a leg, he's saying you gotta be a freaking takedown machine at that point. You have to score a hundred percent of the time. And, and to your point, though, I mean, uh, Campbell, I mean, you can't come back and win at 36, 37 unless your knowledge of the sport is so high because you can't do the yeah. same things you did when you were wrestling your dad in 1975, you know? Yeah. Um, so I was just looking at your dad's brackets. And I'm like, God, he lost twice in sudden victory, Campbell in sudden victory. And then uh, this other dude the next Lieberman. year. Lieberman. Yeah. Lieberman. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. um. Because back then, you know, the sudden victory, you'd wrestle the whole time from what I don't know for sure, but I think it was like you'd wrestle the full three extra minutes and whatever happened at the end was the score. Um, yeah. So I just thought it was crazy, man. To your point, everyone says Chris Campbell was Gable's guy and that he was maybe the best wrestler that Gable ever coached during that time, which is saying a lot because, you know, there was who, a lot of, who's, high- you know, Randy Lewis, all those guys were going through there at that time. But um, that just shows the level your dad was at and that's who's teaching you. And so, Kind of all of these things that's going on, the injuries, your father's passing, it's all culminating. And then your senior year, you're in one of the toughest brackets in NCAA history. You got Kyle Snyder, Jaden Cox, yourself. That Those are some of the guys in that weight. You make it to the finals. And, dude, that – is it a lat drop? Is it a step over? What is that? So I didn't know this at the time, but it's technically called a Polish, right? I just rebranded it as the Gatson because I didn't know the name. And so when <laughs> – when um, KJ taught it to us, um, it just like, I don't know, it was just like, oh, this seems like it'll work, you know? And it's not like he showed a bunch of stuff that didn't work, right? right? But it was just like, oh, like, I think I could add this, right? And it was just like something that will like show up off positions, right? If, if you're um, down, right, and you stand up and you can just turn 
turn around and turn into somebody and threaten the position. Most people don't want to wrestle in those positions. And so you're either going to get one or you get a takedown and maybe you get some back points and maybe you'll get a pin. And so um, when I was able to add that into uh, my arsenal, it just was like, all right, all you have to do is just wrestle really hard and positions are going to show up, right? Like, you know what positions you want to show up and you can just create opportunities and ways to get into these positions and that'll um, breed, breed success for you. Um, but dude, so the, yeah, you stepped up with it. You were so confident. You were like, it was like a wrestling room. You were kind of looking around. You had the overhook. It was just like a workout. Then you fell right into it. And you, I mean, not fall into it, but you took it. But I just never seen you so calm in an overhook before like that. You were just straight up. Well, it was just like, um, we knew, I, I mean, we knew where we, we knew this position would show up. We didn't know how. And if you like go back and watch the match, um, like it, we got there earlier and I like was like acting like I didn't want to be there. And so like I kind of like wrestling is like a chess match. Right. And so you got to make people comfortable at times and you got to make them uncomfortable at times. Um, you got to be able to like change direction, change pace. Um, and so like the, the, the night before Jerome Ward and Nate Carr Jr. were up in the room with me talking um, after I made the finals and they're like, do you know what you, you know, like what's the plan? And I was like, oh, like. And I'd already had like my interview with NCAA and I was like, well, you know, like the whole, whole goal is like to get a pin. And so if you want to watch, here's this video here. <laughs> um, but if, um, if like I have this video and it's like, yeah, you know, like my whole goal is to get a pin, you know, like it's kind of like a walk off, you know, home run, every kid that wrestles like dreams about getting a pin in NCAA finals. Right. And so um, like I knew where we wanted to be. Um, it was just about, um, having a wrestling match and getting to that position. So like, I was like, yeah, like, I don't think Kyle really feels like comfortable in these upper body positions. And if you go back and watch, um, our 2014 Cliff Keen semifinal match, like there were some times where we got in positions and he, he pressed the, the stuff on the edge, but he didn't like really press it in the center of the mat. Right. And so it was just about having like certain awareness a certain level of awareness of, of the wrestling and positions that people are like really comfortable in. Like, you know, what positions people are like comfortable in and you know, which ones they're not. And so it was like minimize the ones that they're, that they are comfortable in and maximize the ones that they aren't. And when you do that, be as efficient as possible. And so like, once we got to that position, it was just like really calm. Cause I had been there a bunch, like drilled it, repped it out. Um, and like, I knew what it was supposed to feel like. And so, um, just felt really, really um, calm and secure in that moment. Well, dude, isn't it isn't it interesting how wrestling? Only a wrestler would know this, but you can feel a guy, and you can start to feel where he's getting strong, and like you don't want to be there. And it's like you said, it's this chess match of kind of unspoken language of you know getting to positions where you're good at and where you're not. And if you make a mistake, just like a lion out in the prairie, dude, they're gonna freaking pounce on you, and that's what happened. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you think about right, I'm the only dude. Um, in that of those of those three guys, right? Myself, Jaden, Kyle. Like, if you look at their senior level careers, what Jaden has four medals, Kyle has five, Jaden has two world titles, Kyle has three. Um, Jaden has <laughs> Olympic, Jaden has Olympic bronze, Kyle has Olympic gold. Um, and everything points to us all being at 97 <laughs> kilo, kilograms, right? Um, in April. Um, to, to like, I guess you could say rehash that bracket out, you know, six years later. And so it's, um, it's amazing. Cause it's like, dude, 
you don't want to be the one that doesn't get like a senior level medal, right? Like you don't you don't want to be like, oh, I got an NCAA title. Well, yeah, they got they both have three apiece, right? Like you got the one, right? Like you you got to go get you got to go get yourself like uh, Olympic gold or um, maybe some some world world titles, you know, to you know get get on that level with them. Otherwise, you're like a like a one hit wonder. <laughs> I was like, Dude. so it's um. It's exciting though, um, because they're 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 both really good, you know, like they're really good at wrestling, um, and they they challenge you in different ways, um, and so I'm I'm ex- I've been excited every year to um, scrap with Kyle, right? And um, he's obviously got the better of me the last three years, 17, 18, 19. He's beat me um, two times each each time to keep me off the team, right? And so, and then every time he goes and he either wins, takes second or got, or has gotten bronze. And then we had opportunity to wrestle um, in October and I felt prepared for that match, right? Like I felt prepared. Um, and it was unfortunate that uh, he got injured and he wasn't able to continue. Um, but like, hopefully we'll have an opportunity to run that back. And, you know, I am one and zero against Jaden. You need to cut this clip. Cut this clip and post and post this. Hey, Jaden, I'm one and oh, because because we'll have to because I, I mean, I want to I want to compete. I want to compete as much as possible if I'm healthy. Right. And so um, everyone knows like Jaden just came off um, COVID. Right. And I'm obviously coming off this this um, this growing injury. Um, but I know I know Jaden would be down to run it back. And um, that'll be that'll be exciting for me just to see where I'm at. Right. Jaden has doesn't get scored on a lot, right? Like, and even if you run back and watch that 2000, um, it's the 2014 Southern Scuffle match when he's a true freshman, right? When he's a true freshman and we wrestled, um, it was 1-1 and then I got the takedown in overtime and it was like right on the out of, ba- out of bounds. Um, yeah. And so, and it wasn't for lack, and the, this is the thing, like people like see that score and be like, oh, them dudes weren't wrestling. No, like, it wasn't because of lack of like flurries like energy, and effort. Right. Right. Like it was just, he was really good. And I was like, you know, good. And it just came down to like, basically like this one situation hit and I was able to come out of that situation. Um, the victor, but we never, we never um, got to run it back in college. Um, for whatever reason. Crazy. You never wrestled, right? You now, never wrestled now, that, now that we're yeah. saying it, cause they were big 12, right. Or big eight. No, they remember they switched over to Mac. They were they they were the big they were the Big Twelve, and then they switched over to Mac. But um, that was that that I thought they were still Big Twelve back when you ran it. At least that's surprising. No, 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 no. We we weren't in the conference together then. Otherwise, yeah. we'd have wrestled. But yeah, it's it's crazy, right? Like, but and then like if we've we've wrestled in the room and stuff, and like sometimes, seldomly, right? Seldomly, I'll get the better of them. And most of the time he's been getting the better of me. Right. So it's like one of those things where like practice is good and all right, but you want to see what it looks like when you weigh in, you have competition, you have those nerves, those energies. Um, and just like, like, all right, like, let's see, let's see where you're at, you know, because you don't learn anything if you don't press yourself against the best guys. And he's clearly shown that he's been one of the best guys um, throughout the last quad right since 2016 he's shown he's been one of the best guys so if i have an opportunity to wrestle that match that'd be a match that i'd I'd really want um and if i were 
um, to win. I, I'm not wrestling him again unless it happens at trials. <laughs> <laughs> and if it, if if he were to win, then we're gonna have the rubber match right at trials. So um, it, it'll it'll be exciting. What I love about you, man, is just from following you on social media. If you make the team in April, it's not going to be a surprise to you. You've kept this dream alive, and I've seen you post a number of things about how, I don't know if it was Kenny Monday never was an Olympian until he was 28. I mean, you post all kinds of inspirational things where even though you know, you may not be the favorite just because of what's happened in the past three years, in your mind, you're right there, and, and you, I've heard you say you have a motto like, today wins Tokyo, and so you're all in on this goal. Yeah, for sure, and that, that's the thing. Um, when, you, when you look at those things – um, like everybody will have like their favorites and things like that. But I think it was Mon Sunday, Sunday. Right. I was just like, let me see, you know, because everybody's like, Oh, like, you know, Gable's a shoe in now. Right. Or Kyle or Jaden's a shoe in now. Um, or you like, right. Like you can say about JB, you can go up and down. Right. Like everybody's a shoe in. Right. And it's like, do you guys not realize that the reason we wrestle the matches is because literally nobody is a shoe in. Like if you, if you go back and break down, like, cause I made like a little document of everybody who's made the team since 2000, right. Everybody who's made the team, like half of those dudes lost before the trials, yeah. like half of them, like Ter Terry Brands, when he went and took bronze, he lost at the open. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't sitting out at the trials. He had to come through, come through and make the team, right? Like, so there's like a bunch of those situations that people are like, oh, like this person's not gonna do it now. And it's like, yo, that's literally not how it works. Right. Look like at 16. Dan Dennis, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Dan Frank Dennis, Molinero, and right? Jaden Cox. No one thought those dudes were making it. No right? one. And then then you get Frank is five, what five seconds away from getting bronze. Jaden right. is one second from being in the gold medal match. Um or was it like, yeah. Where, yeah, one second, you know what I mean? Like, so like, it's like, I don't, I just don't, I, I can't fathom it. And maybe like, that's just me because like, I have to be in that place of not being able to be like, oh, like, well, there's a shoe in is there's no point to it. Right. Right. Because then you don't prepare like you need to, right. Like you have to believe like this is possible. Like you have to believe that I can beat these guys. Right. And on those two days, April 10th and 11th, I have to beat these guys for my dream to come true. Right. And they've had some of their dreams come true. They've been able to be the best in the world, you know? Um, and so I like, yo, like I have to believe like, yo, this is, this is my turn. Right. It's like, you got like your siblings, right. And they've been on the iPad and you, you want the iPad because you want to play your game. Right. Like I want to, I want to see what it's like to make an Olympic team and um, go over to Tokyo and um represent you know and run around the 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 mat with with the flag and um feel that love and support and just accomplish something that you've spent a good amount of your life up until this point um investing in and people have invested in you and you have all these different support systems whether it's the cyclone regional training center or sunkiss um or your mom your sister like you got all these people that have supported you and will have continued to support you. And so to have that and to have that investment in yourself and not believe like that you can make that happen is like, that would be like tragic. Right. And so like, 
I honestly believe like I can be an Olympian, an Olympic gold medalist. And that's why I put in this time and energy into this sport. And because I just do, I honestly truly do love the sport of wrestling. And let me tell you, dude, that's the best way to spend your life because a normal job is just a normal job. I mean, you're living a dream. You're a professional athlete and you're inspiring kids all over the country. So it's an awesome thing just to sit here and talk with you about it. But, you know, let's, you know, whatever, four months from now, you know, if it happens, it's cool that we, you know, we've got to hash it out here because, um, you know, like you said, any, you know, all those guys in there, you know, the top four or five guys, anything could happen any given day. And I'm just excited to see you back out there again. So speaking of that, are you healthy right now? Or you still got a couple more weeks till you're back? Um, we're still, we're still getting, we're still getting healthy. Um, what would you wrestle like February? If you could do a pay-per-view card or is that a little too soon? I think February, I think February would be good. Yeah. I think February would be good. Um, my weight's still really, really good. Like I was like, hello. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, my weight's still really good. Like I was like two seventeen and a half. Um, this this morning. Um, so like I haven't, you know, like I haven't like messed around and got like fat and happy. I know my nutritionist will be proud of me. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll see. I guess um, when I go get scanned again. Um, but yeah. So like February would be good. Um, just got to find someone to put it on. Um, cause like you'd probably, I, I mean, I think doing it like maybe six to six to 10 weeks out of trials would be good, yeah. right? Because you get, you get feedback, right? Like you get feedback on, you know, some adjustments, what you need to work on during that, like training camp going into, um, going into trials, you know? And so, um, I think and that it, would be good. And then it's all business from then on yeah. to the trials, you know? Yeah. Kyvin Gatson, man, this is awesome. I really appreciate your time, my friend. Um, we'll let you decide on when you want it to go. If you want it to go earlier than 197, we'll do it. If not, we'll drop it at 197. We can We don't what? have to decide right now. Um, what? what were we like? 183. Huh. Wait, sorry. I think I, I'm at 184. Hold on. Let me look. I know we talked beforehand, but it's. Because the last one was Pendleton, right? Was it really? Oh my God. I've been slacking then. Yeah. 183. Yeah. So two a week. Yeah. I got some time. It'd be some time, but I do think it'd be cool to do it as 197. Maybe I just have to come on again. Maybe I have some. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe we'll get you on. I've never had Kevin Jackson on. So maybe you and KJ can do a joint one on 197. Oh, that'd be dope. That'd be sick. Right. I, yeah. uh, I've always wanted to have him on. So that'd be a good one. Yeah, let's do that. Because that'll be, if 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 I'm thinking about this the right way, that'll be like February and it'd be a good little update before you head into your, your trials or camp. You could, you, could have, you could have me and Jaden or something. If yeah. We were, if we got that match. Yeah, Absolutely. let's do that. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, just drop it and then we'll 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 see how we can get 197. Because that'd be, that'd be cool for Jaden too. Because, I mean, if you're really thinking about it, he's, he's Mr. 197. Even though, hey, Jaden, I'm one to know. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, my friend. Well, you have a great day, and I really appreciate your time. All right, you too, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. And all great things must come to an end. If you want to hear more from the podcast, text WRESTLE to 555-888. That's WRESTLE to 555-888. You can also find us on Instagram, Wrestling Changed My Life. Twitter, Ryan underscore N underscore Warner, as well as our website, WrestlingChangeMyLife.com. Take care, y'all.